Welcome to The Real Room. If you are just joining us for the first time, my name is Colanda. This is Lee. And we'll come over to The Real Room name one day. I've been last 13 years. I know. We are in our already a couple of because I keep forgetting to go by. You know what? I will, I will send you one. I bought a bunch of them. I bought a bunch of them from Target. They like the little reusable kind of like these. I will send you one. That's a reusable red cup? Yeah, this ain't, yeah. That's not like the plastic cup? No, this ain't plastic. It's real. It's a, like actual cup. Oh. Okay. Yeah, Target. For the Target, they have them. But I will send you a few of them because I, I bought too many of them. But oh, I yeah. Send, I will yeah. FedEx them to you. <laughs> I, yeah, I ain't dealing with FedEx right now. I'm dealing with UPS. <laughs> you don't do residential anyway. That's fine. He's going to send these cups. He'll get them for you. Ooh, so, what are you talking about today, Sister Douglas? And you talking about something yesterday. Listen, can, I, can I testify? And when I got to my, when I got to the Battlefield today, I didn't even have to say anything. The Lord had already gone before me. I was just basically like, oh, okay, that's what we're going to do. Okay. Everything I was going to ask for, they had already prepared to give it to me. The Lord had already gone before me. I was mad at the devil. I mean, you're supposed to be. That's that's the the art of warfare. Fight me, but don't bother my babies. I don't don't like that. Pick on somebody anything attached to you. He is fighting you. He's just using your babies to fight you. Yeah, and see that that made me yeah. Mm, that made you turn up the heat. I, I told Marcus, I said, y'all should pull my coattail at church. It felt like I was. But you know, too that happened to me last Sunday at church. Um, I had to do intercessory prayer. I don't know what happened to me, and I was like, oh snap! I need to stop because already don't get the mic that much. <laughs> Why do I look so natural with my cup? It's a cup. It's a red cup. Saints be ready to crucify you, don't they? Saints, it's a red cup, like you can do a blue cup, like or a purple cup. But we chose the red cup because we know that there are certain people who uh, attach about the red cup. I don't want to say that they attach that to a certain uh, idea, so that's why we're using the red cup. But um, we're talking about does praying for others violate their free will? Um, and this topic came up because I was on TikTok one night and I watched this woman. Basically, she was trying to call I'm facing my forehead shining. She was trying to call God a creeper um, wow. by saying, "What'd you say? A creeper." Yeah, you know, like a like a dude who like don't get it, like they keep trying okay. to push up on you. She was trying to call, like call God, like compare him to a creeper, and say like, why would you keep pursuing me after I have made it clear that I don't want to be with you? Um, mm-hmm. And she said, so, um, and anybody who is praying that I enter into a relationship with the person that I've already made it clear that I don't want to be in a relationship with, they're violating my right to choose. Hmm. So hmm. that's what they be go- that's what they be got that's what they got going on in the world of TikTok. 
Well, sounds like a reprobated mind to me. Oh uh, my God, creeper. I mean, it, it, but that's that's the nature of God. Like he he loves us so much to where he is willing to be patient with us. The Bible says he's long suffering. Um, he's willing to go through and and deal with us even in the time he's still faithful to us even when we're not faithful to him. So that's just his nature. It's not that he's a creep. That just shows how much he loves us. Like God is not Steve Urkel and you're not Laura Winslow. You know, it's more of a, and then at the end, Laura ended up falling for Steve. But just saying like God, that's just how he is. Like he's the Bible says he reigns on the just as well as the unjust. And it's not his will that any man should perish, but that every man should come to repentance and have everlasting life. So that's, that's just his nature. So he's not trying to force you in a relationship, but he's trying to do everything he can to get you to be in a relationship with him. Even, even if you don't want him, that's love. If that ain't love, I don't know what it is. Cause some of us, we ain't got the patience for that stuff. I ain't doing it. That's me. If I call you three times, you don't answer the phone. I'm done. I'm moving on. Maybe <laughs> that's the problem that that we are com well not maybe that is problem. We're comparing a blameless God to people that we know. Like you comparing him to like a man off the street who doesn't get the hint that you don't that you're not interested in him. Mm -hmm. Instead of like having an accurate picture that this is like your creator, like mm -hmm. pursuing you could have been a turtle. Yeah. Like when he made you a human being to be in relationship with him. Um yeah. but the Bible says that like even even those that have the Bible says he's married to the backslider. So even if you had a relationship with him, he's still not gonna break his covenant with you, even though you broke his your covenant with him. He's that committed because one day hopefully you'll come to your senses and be like, you know what, I need to get back into my relationship with the Lord. So that that's his nature that's just how he is like look at hosea in the bible he told Hosea to go marry a whole in a, in, a, in the neighborhood and he married her but every time he took her home she went right back in the streets and was smashing other dudes and then he'll go out there get her clean up bring her back in the house and he kept doing it over and over again then hosea was like lord why are you making me do this and he was saying because i'm trying to show israel how much i love them like even though they keep turning their back on me and Going back out there to the other things, I'm still willing to go out there and clean them up and bring them back and accept them. So that's just his nature. That's that's how God really is. God, God is more in love with us than he is of being hateful of us. Now people, how the old saints try to make God is tired. God is angry. Yes, there is a wrath and there's a side, but he's more in love with us than he is angry with us. And yeah. I think his love makes him angry with us because he loves us so much. That's deep. Yeah. Um, we talked about that Sunday. Huh? I'm holding my lip. Oh. We talked about it on Sunday that a lot of people have a delusion about who Christ is. And as a result, those are the expectations that we have of him. Not realizing that we don't really know him in the first place. And so that's why you have these unrealistic expectations. That's why you don't understand how um he doesn't hate you it's because you don't know him from the beginning so then i was like oh like how many of us believe god like we are saved filled with the holy ghost and still have some sort of delusion about who christ is mm -hmm. because we don't 
we know him. We know him according to what people have told us about him, but we don't really know him. Yeah, and a lot of people, a lot of us, if I can be honest, we really first got saved out of fear. That was my story. I didn't want to go to hell. That I mean, it wasn't about being saved and loving the Lord and falling in love with Jesus. I got saved because I did not want to go to hell. That was just, that was it. And everything I did, I didn't do it out of love. I did it out of fear because I did not want to go to hell. So, but you can't really scare people into salvation no more these days. You can't tell them if you don't get saved, you're going to hell. They, they don't care. A lot of people want to go to hell these days. So, you know, so a lot of people got their minds made up. They're willing to take the chance. They don't want to turn around. They want to do their own thing. But at the end of the day, like, you can't really fear people into salvation because it's not really doing a, um, it's not really doing them a just, because if you scared me to get saved, then was it really my choice? Just saying. The Bible said with love and kindness, he, he, he draws us. So we're going to see. To realize that he would love me that much. Yeah. Who wrote this long paragraph? I don't think it violates their free will, but I do feel like it's something. Is you undermining their free will? Hmm. Because you're praying for what's best for them. But what if they, they don't, wait a minute, what if they don't think the same as you? Hmm. That's true. I will say this as a person that, and I say this humbly, but as a person that really believes in prayer and intercession, I will say this. There are times where you intercede for people, but you have to make sure that you're interceding for people according to the will of God for their life. Yeah. You know, I can't pray that God will make somebody a preacher if God didn't call them to really be a preacher or nothing, stuff like that. You know, as much as I want, you know, a lot of times, a lot of, and I'll say this, I don't have kids, but I'm going to say it anyway. A lot of parents kind of make that mistake. They want their children to be things that they want them to be. And they pray and ask God to make them into that, which is, it's nothing wrong with that. But you got to make sure that that's in line with the will of God or the path that God has for their life. Right. Because you, I've known people to pray all day for their kids to be saved and their kids to be in the church and their kids to be that. And, and, and their kids ain't, you know, their kids got grown, they, grown, they want nothing to do with them. <laughs> Then when they did get saved, you know, they ended up doing other great things outside of the quote unquote four walls of the church. So you got to make sure that you're really praying and praying what God's will is for a person's life. Even if they, you know, because like Jay Lyric said, oh, snap, I said it's, it's his name. Right. Anyway, anyway, like Jay Lyric said, you got to, uh, you know, you can if you're not careful you can be praying for something and going against what that person wants. Cause even though God has a plan and God has a will for your life, God also gives you free will and he gives you space to make decisions yourself. So for instance, I've known people that have been sick and they didn't want people to pray for them to be healed. They wanted to die and go to heaven. Seriously. Mm. I've known people like that. I've known, um, there's a story with uh church got right bishop mason and he was like on his deathbed but the saints kept praying and they kept you know that's how he stayed alive and he had to send a message and say hey stop praying because <laughs> he wanted to go so there are some people that want to have those decisions and you have to honor that and god i believe god will honor what what they request so you got to make sure that when you're praying for people that you're praying god's will and that you're being mindful of also what they want as well. You got to be, just be led. Just don't be out there praying aimlessly.
this is the part where I think um, the Bible tells us like we don't know what to pray for, especially when we're praying for other people. We barely know what to ask God for for ourselves. So I, we definitely shouldn't assume that what we're praying for other people is what God wants for their life. Um, mm. But the Spirit should help us, um, well, does help us when we don't know what, because we don't know what to pray for. And I think when we're praying for other people, I, so when the, when the girl was making the comment about like violating her right to choose, I was like, okay, it's to me, I always say it's like, Jesus is like a seatbelt. Like you have a right to choose to use the seatbelt in the car. Mm -hmm. It's in every car. You have a choice. If you don't use the seatbelt, this is what happens. You know, here's some statistics. It doesn't happen every time, but this is what happens. And then if you choose to use the seatbelt, this is what happens. But if you still have a choice, because I've had people ask me before, how can you say that I have a choice? Because if I choose not, if I choose not to have a relationship with Christ and I'm gonna go to hell, that's not really giving me a choice. <laughs> and then not understanding that riding in the car with no safety belt was the only choice until somebody created the seatbelt and said, mm -hmm. I'm gonna let you choose to be safer when you're when you're riding. And I don't think people see. Well, people don't see salvation as that. Like we were already going to hell. This was just another. This was our seatbelt to say, let me give them another option to mm. see if they want to live a, a safer life or want mm. to be safe. And we don't see life that way. But I see people on TikTok like some of us are okay with going to hell. We've decided that it's okay. So stop coming on here trying to preach to us. I've never thought I would see somebody saying that they were satisfied with going to hell. But it's a scripture that says it, um, that, 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 that the gospel is foolishness to those that don't believe, but to those yeah. that believe is life and peace. So, you know, when you are in, when you encounter people that are not believers, um, that, that, that just have their mind made up and things and that, you really can't force them into a relationship because at the end of the day, it's a choice. Um, yeah. You like I like I said earlier, uh, that scare tactic of, of get saved, you're going to die and go to hell. Although, you know, we believe that it's true. You can't like fear them into salvation. If you really yeah. look at the ministry of Jesus, Jesus showed them the kingdom and then he explained the kingdom to them. And to be honest, he didn't really use a lot of scripture. He, he preached in parables, you know, and made it plain so people can make decisions on their own to follow him. So we got to be more wise, you know, as you know, Christians and believers, you can't force this salvation down somebody's throat. You can live it, you can preach it, and you can just make examples. And that should that should create an appetite for people to want to be like, okay, what must I do to be saved? See, I don't even ask some kind of question no more. Yeah. But you know, and I think, you know, because my dad, my dad growing up, my dad has always been um when we was at our former church, you know, with my former pastor, he was over evangelism. And then we went to move to West Jax, he was over evangelism, then you know, he over evangelism for the jersey. My dad has always been like the outreach person, knocking on doors, witnessing, telling people about Jesus and stuff like that. And I remember, you know, me and my brother would go with him and my mom we were kids on Saturday mornings and stuff like that. But those ways that you did it like that, people are now more educated. Yeah. People are now more in tune. People are now, quote unquote, more woke. So, you know, you can't really run that kind of game. Not saying that my dad was running the kind of game on them, but you can't really scare them. You, you got to be more creative now. You got to be more per persuasive than, 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 fear, than, than fearful. 
if I can just say it like that. Because at the end of the day, salvation is a choice. And that, you know, and if you made somebody get saved out of fear, did they really get saved? People don't seek salvation because so many are struggling and living in hell already. And accepting Jesus doesn't seem to change that. So as I always ask, what's the tangible benefit? Ooh, I'll let you do that one, Clint. You know the tangible benefit. And see, I think uh, when you were talking, we're probably going to have to talk about this too. When people ask these types of questions, and even the person who was saying like that um, praying um, violates their, praying for them violates their free will, it makes me wonder if they have, if they were indoctrinated by this by like about the gospel versus like being educated about it. So I agree. A lot of people are already struggling. That has nothing to do with Christ. That, that don't even really have nothing to do with hell. That just has everything to do with like living in this world with people with varying degrees of morality um, and personalities and experiences and, you know, all those types of things. I think, um, to answer the question is the tangible benefit is whereas I may go through the same issue as somebody else who does not believe Christ or believe in God. The benefit is I'm always going to be victorious. That may not be the case for them. Now, the Lord may allow them to have some wins here and there, but I will always be victorious both here and eternally. And that's the tangible benefit. And I think that's the thing now, like salvation is the, it's a long game. Like there are some things the Lord is going to let us experience here, but we're literally like the song says, we're living this life to live again. Like this is about the long game. This is about having peace on earth while I'm going through certain issues that somebody else may be going through too, but except I'm going through it and I have peace, they don't. You know, I'm going through it and I still have my mental health intact. They don't. I'm still going through the same thing. Um, and I don't look like what I've been through. They mm -hmm. can't. Those are some of the tangible benefits of being in relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. Although I may still be struggling with certain things. And then there are certain things that I don't struggle with that others may struggle with. So, like, we, although we're in the process of being, like, um, sanctified, like the Lord is still like working out whatever he needs to work out of us. Um, there are certain things that I don't, I don't have to go through. Mm -hmm. Like somebody else may have to go through yeah. because I have a relationship. The Lord can say something to me and because I possess the spirit, I can be convicted, put it down, never do it again, or not even like go there. Somebody else does not have that same um opportunity because they're not in relationship with Christ. I, I, yeah, that, that that's yeah, I, I totally agree. It's almost like when you get saved, you now have an advocate, you have assistance yes. to help you get through life. Before you get saved, it seemed, you know, life already is hard as it is. Yeah. But when you get saved, you know, life itself may not change, but you now have help to get through life you now have god you now have the holy ghost you now have you know people uh, you're, you're supposed to have a community of believers that, that you can hang around and fellowship with and things of that nature to help you stay on the path being saved at first it is going to seem hard because it's like before you get saved you're going with the wind but yeah you get saved and you turn because repentance means to turn 
and you turn and you walk in the opposite direction, you beating against that wind that you was once going with. So of course it's going to seem harder and it's going to seem like a struggle at first, but the more you continue to walk with the Lord and, and, and go along with God, it does get, the load gets lighter. And my, the biggest thing I love about um, salvation is the fact that I have a relationship. Like it's, yeah. it's not, I don't have to dot I's. I don't have to cross T's. I don't have to put on. I don't have to be fake. I don't have to be phony. I could just be like, you know what, God, I am sick of this. You know, I could just yeah. let it all hang out and just talk to God. Like, like I talk to the next, like I, I pray in church, but my prayer time at my house, let me tell y'all, me and God be having some conversations. I know. About a lot of stuff. Yeah, we, we go in. Now, I don't be old Father God. I'll be like, God, look here. <laughs> look here. Yeah. This person got one more time. <laughs> yeah. And you, you're going to have to say something. Do something. i have to say something before I do because it, it's yeah. going to get ugly. But that's yeah. that's the beauty of salvation. That's, you know, yeah. that's the beauty of that relationship with the Lord. You ain't got to, you just be you. Yeah. It, it, it really is the benefits because right now you just like suffering just to suffer. Like, with no like you said without an advocate without a benefit like without the promise that it's going to work for my good or that the lord is going to use this to do something else for me or open up a door or you just going through to go through and then it's like have we told people too much that like in a in a way to in an effort to like market jesus have we told them too much that once they accept christ it's going to be totally different to the fact that people are really looking for like a I tangible feeling that yes, now I am saved. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, everybody don't change every night, like overnight. Everybody go. There are times where you you know your change, your metamorphosis will be a process. Yeah. You know, you got people that saved and been saved for years, but they still may struggle with alcoholism. They may still smoke their weed. They still may struggle with sex. They still may. It doesn't mean that they they didn't get saved, but some people's process are different than the others. But the difference is they have help, you know, and, um, you know, a lot of these things that we made God so concerned about, he's really not that concerned about, if I could just be honest. Yeah. And that's why I feel like we, people don't want to tell you is a lot of the stuff that churches are arguing about, it's not a matter of salvation. It has to do yeah. more with the sanctification more than anything, and I feel like a lot of people are going to go to hell because they were like trying to be sanctified or wait to be sanctified before mm -hmm. they accepted salvation and not realizing they can't do that without Christ. Mm -hmm. And sanctification, that's really not, that's our responsibility, not God's. Like we sanctify ourselves because of our relationship to him. So what we do is love. At the end of the day, the bottom line, it falls into the love category. If you love God, um, you're going to make those changes to, to, to keep that relationship with God right. Just like if you was with your significant other, if you love them and they told you one day, you know what, I don't like when you nag or I don't like when you do this or I don't like when you, when you talk with, with food in your mouth, you're going to make those adjustments to make sure that you don't offend the person that you love. And that's all sanctification is. I'm daily making adjustments so I don't offend the God that I love or, or this Christ that I love. And I'm, I'm telling y'all, And when I grasped that idea, there was such a freedom that, to be honest, I've been in church all of my life. 
And I'm probably just not really getting that concept. Maybe like the last six, seven years. Like, wait a minute. Because I've known some people that don't drink, that don't smoke, that don't do this, but they are jacked up. And I'm like, and you saved? <laughs> and then I know people that, that still may have a little sip every now and then. And it's like, but they really, truly love God. Like, they have a true, honest relationship with the Lord. And I'm like, okay, something, something is off. So, like I said, it's, it's, it's according to your walk with the Lord. What do you think about, um, I think even with this question, like, does it violate their free will? Um, I think maybe in this young lady's case, maybe a person, the person who was praying for them was making it, making it very known or like being very vocal, like I'm praying for your soul and you know how, you know how it'll be. I'm praying for your soul and that one day mm -hmm. you will recognize Jesus Christ and you know, even if we're praying for people who don't believe or don't share our faith, they don't have to know that we're praying for them because that's not that's not the point of our prayers is so that they know, like, because I think that's that's a way also to like you slick trying to con condemn this woman by I'm praying that one day your eyes will be open. Passive aggressive. Yeah, it's passive aggressive condemnation um, behavior. I well, I put it, I think of it like this. I don't think it's going against their free will because you should always pray that God will save and yeah and people free as Christians. We we would always there are people that I'm yet praying for right now, you know, and some of them flat out told me, man, I don't want none of that, you know, this and that, but I'm yet yet praying for them and just waiting for the day. Now waiting for the day. I may be 99 years old when it happened, but I'm just waiting for the day. But that's just that I don't think I'm going against their free will. What I'm what I'm saying to God is, I believe, is Lord, create an appetite for them to want you. You know what I'm saying? Or, or change their desires or let things, because I remember growing up, you know, our parents used to pray stuff like, Lord, don't let them sleep. Don't let them rest until okay. they, they submit to you. Don't let them enjoy it. When they go out, don't let them enjoy it. You know, make them feel guilt. And, and believe it or not, a lot of times it did work. But, you know, I think, I don't see anything wrong with that for you wanting people to be saved. I don't think that goes against their free will. It's just like, you know, you just want them to have a better life. And I, I mean, who doesn't want somebody else to live a better life or to enjoy the benefits of what you're enjoying? So I don't think that's it. Going against your free will is you saying it's almost like, I hate to use this word, but it's almost like rape. You know, you're forcing yourself or forcing something on somebody. And I don't think you're forcing Jesus by praying for people to be saved. That's right. not saved. What really is violating people's free will is all these rules, you know, <laughs> Don't wear this, this this polish. You can't wear pants. With put this on your head. Pray only on Saturdays. I think those are the things that violate people's free will, but not, you know, not praying for somebody. And I used to pray those prayers. Pray a little sleep. I hope your stomach be so upset that you gotta. Uh, and that's kind of like borderline witchcraft. You know, pray for somebody sick. But um, yeah, I did used to pray those things. Now my thing is like. Lord, put them in a position where they, they have to want you. Like, I don't think people break up, like relationships that I know don't need to be together. Just let them break up, God. And then they're going to find you because they're going to feel like that was the best thing. And let me mm -hmm. do something better to, to this than who you thought this person yeah. was. And God, and it's not, like I said, it's not that God is trying to force himself on you, but you got to realize 
when it comes to the devil and his tactics, the Bible says he's very cunning. Yes. Know? So he has a way of luring you and giving you an illusions that things are really better on his side. Yeah. But what you don't see at the end, the Bible says there's a way that seem of right. You know, by the end is death and destruction. So you think like, okay, I'm good. I don't need the church. I don't need God. I'm good with my relationship. You're thinking you at quote unquote peace. But if you really knew what the devil had planned for you, if you knew what he had planned for you now, you would change your mind right now and give God your life. But because you're not aware of what he actually has in store for you, then you you go along with it because it's 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 his way of just setting you up. And then, you know, and you just following the breadcrumbs that he placed for you. So yeah. that's why it's important to have a relationship with God because, you know, the Holy Spirit, he'll give you discernment. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you understanding. The Bible says he'll lead you into all truths. So you'll have that advocate that help to help you maneuver so you won't keep falling in all these different traps and these schemes. So that that's my that's my thing. Um, again, if we really knew what the devil had planned for us, a lot of people would be saved right now. There's a lot of people in the grave. If they knew they were going to be in the grave at that time, they would have been got saved. Yeah. But they was just living their best life. You know, all that. Oh, true. And the reason why, like, I feel like, I don't know if people think that the enemy is only pursuing us when we get a certain age, but um, mm -hmm. I was talking to this woman one time. She's a, she's a prophetess. I had her teaching the class to us at one of my retreats. And she was talking to specifically one of the moms um, because her son struggles with like they call they're called night terrors. But she was telling her that the enemy starts at a young age, like with children at a young age, trying to distance them from the voice of God. So that's mm -hmm. like you have children who are afraid of dark, like out of nowhere, maybe they're like afraid of the dark. They don't want to go to sleep in their own room. All of a sudden, they're scared. They don't know why. Um, you see, you have children who see things in the spirit. So the enemy starts at a very young age trying to distance us from the voice of God. And if he'll try a child like that, you know, telling what he got, you know, for those of us who have decided to follow Christ, accept Christ, and you got the, the nerve to pursue what he what God has given you, you know he got some plan for us. All right. Right, he does, and you'll be amazed. I remember when I was a kid, my mom and dad could tell you I used to have all kind of little crazy dreams about things. And I remember one time I had a dream, and now that I think about it, I think I was dreaming like I was in hell or something. I could have been about seven or eight years old, and I remember I woke up and I went in my mom and daddy's room and was telling them what I was dreaming. My dad was like, What? Like, oh no. So the devil does attack at an early age, so you know, it's very important that you, you gotta have. You got to have a relationship with God because even at an early age, and you know what my fear is? Like this generation that's coming behind us, there's no God conscience. Like it doesn't seem like a lot of them. And although we may be in church and we still have a love for God, but quote unquote, the parents that's our age, their children, it's like they don't have no knowledge of God. And that's what's scaring me because it's like we slowly drifting away. The yeah. whole still. Who's still standing in the way? Who's still crying out and telling people, hey, you still need to be saved. Yeah, you can write the book. You can start a business. You can do this. You can do that. Da, 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 da. But you still need to have a relationship with the Lord. You know, and stuff like that. Because you, you got to have them. Because you ain't going to be able to make it without them. So, yeah. 
it's crazy though. You can't underestimate the devil and how he works, even if you think you got to figure it figured out. Yes, it's true. He, he, you can never beat the devil at, at him being evil. He's a master of that. You can't get him back at evil. The only way you get him back is giving your life to the Lord. Right. That's the only way you can do it. And it's funny, I'll never forget, Bishop has said before that a lot of people feel like they're free, but they're just in a, a bigger, oh, bigger cage. Yep. And I always wanted the people who feel like like, I don't need God. I'm enjoying life as is. I was talking to a friend one time and she was saying like, that's, they have an illusion of peace. Like it's mm -hmm. a, it's a figment of peace that they're, they that they feel like they really believe it's peace, but it's not like true peace. And so it's like, for those of us who are even trying to evangelize or witness to those people, we got to get through to their uh get through their reprobate mind at that point because now they have these delusions that's why like i know it has to be a delusion for like witches because i listen i sometimes i listen to jenny weaver who was an ex-witch and she talked so much about how it used to be that i know you a witch can never tell me that they have peace but it's an illusion of peace that they have yeah they when Jenny was talking about it, she was saying stuff was like going bump in the night all the time. They couldn't get no rest. But people steadily on TikTok reading your signs and doing all these things. And they cannot convince me that they have peace. But they have what they consider to be is really is an illusion of peace. That, they, that they're even comfortable with evil around them. That they feel like it's, it's the spirits trying to tell them or talk to them or, you know, give them direction or insight. But that's that bigger cage. Bishop was yeah. it's, it's really like, you think you really got peace. But it's really, it's really no peace. Like you, the peace is in, in, in Jesus. And, and that's what people really got to understand. Like there's no peace. I was just talking to a good friend of mine. Um, this weekend and me and him was talking about some stuff and I was telling him, I said, man, I don't care how jacked up I am and how many mistakes I make. I said, it seems like now my relationship with God is more stronger now than it was 10 years ago. Yeah. He was like, really? I said, because I, cause I said, even though I made a lot of decisions, uh, I don't even consider them mistakes. They were decisions that I made that I shouldn't have made. I said, but even in that, it's almost like I, it's like I did it, but I can be honest about it. I don't have to hide it. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to put on, and stuff like that, which is back then. I used to be like, oh, I'm lying. It'd be all deep and stuff. <laughs> but that's how I say I have more relationship. It's not a religious thing. And I have more of a peace because I realized that I serve a God that hears me when I pray. So, yeah. That's because I think we, in, in this freedom, we really get to know the the sanctifying power of god we really get to know like the redemption power of god in the fact that we are making mistakes mm -hmm. losing me anyway like i was two seconds from telling the spirit i don't need you to go to the meeting with me i thought i prayed like that on sunday today i was like i don't need you to be in the meeting because i want to do all the talking you stay mm -hmm. outside in the car, Holy Ghost, and let me go ahead and do all the talking. It's like, you you still use us, but I think in this freedom, we're really getting to know the God of the Bible, not like the God that, you know, people told us about. And God, and and that's it, and that's that's how, I, I think I told Marcus this a while back, man, he was talking, 
and I was telling him like how the scripture talk about in Romans, how people was, you know, turning their backs on God and forsaking what they had already been taught. And the Bible says that he turned them over into their own lust and gave them over into their own affections. And I was telling Marcus, I said, the, the Holy Spirit that gave me this, I said, what the beauty of that is, it just goes to show that God loves us so much that he's not going to destroy us. He'll let us destroy ourselves. Mm, that's and, and that's just how much he loves you so much that he's not even going to, he's, he don't want to destroy you. He's not going to do that. He'll let you destroy yourself because he don't want to do it because he loves you. So you can't say, and that's free will. Yep. <laughs> that's the free will. So, you know, and I think a lot of people don't really want to have a relationship with God because they don't really want Christ to be the Lord of their life. That's really what the enemy fights. The Bible says no man can say Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. You got a lot of people that believe in Jesus, but they do not believe that he is the Lord of our lives. Be him being Lord means that he is the ruler. He's the master. He's the one that is totally in charge. And we are totally submitted to his ways, his thoughts, his will for our life. He is our Lord. Not only he's our savior, but he is our Lord. And a lot of people don't want Jesus. They want him to be the healer. They want him to be the way maker. They want him to be the deliverer. They want him to be the sustainer, the mind regulator, all that. <laughs> but they do not want him to be the Lord. I mean, you can go to an atheist. Somebody shoot at them first thing. They, oh, Jesus. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, uh, oh, my God. You know, they'll, they'll say things like that. But, you know, they, they just do not. And that's that's what the enemy doesn't want. The devil does not want Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You know, that's just how he is. He wants to be Lord. And, and you have to allow him to be Lord. Because I guess being Lord will allow him to have say so about everything that we do. And Bishop Jakes did a, a good uh, illustration about body soul and spirit and the our spirit is what should rule us rule us but it has to deal with this soul or this mind that carries all my emotions and things like that and that's what the enemy is afraid of if we allow the lord to be our lord then we'll allow our spirit to rule us versus what's ruling us now or most likely most of the time is our mind our will our emotions our past, our experiences, our preferences. Um, and those are the things that help us to decide whatever we, you know, whatever we decide to do. And that's what the, you're right, that's what the enemy is trying to prevent. He wants this, these bodies to be ruled by our own wills, our own emotions. Mm -hmm. um, even though we don't know nothing. Don't know no, we think we know. We do. It's like, y'all, we cannot even, like, nobody, even with all the prophets and everything, I, some people were saying, like, I see that we're going to be wearing masks or whatever. Nobody ever told us that COVID was going to be as big as it was, where it made the whole world sit down. Sit down. Like, we don't know nothing. And the Bible says it. He knows the end from the beginning. Okay, we got the nerve to finish you. We got to never tell God what we're going to do. And I remember a preacher said this. I don't know which preacher said this. They said uh, when we get to heaven, God's going to show us everything that he did not allow to happen to us that was supposed to happen to us. Like, imagine us look, going to heaven. I, I, I use my imaginary vision. 
like laid on Golden Girls. Picture it, heaven. So imagine going ahead and looking on a big screen and you looking at yourself walking down the street, not knowing that it was somebody that the devil had planned to kill you or or the, or the enemy had a car accident headed for you or the enemy had sickness and all that. And you not knowing that you just going about your day. But that's just God keeping us from everything. Like he keeps us from more stuff than what we're aware of. Yeah. You know, I, I just had a situation this weekend and I told the Lord this. I say, God, I thank you for keeping me from something I wasn't even aware of that other people could have got into, but you kept me and I did the same thing. But because of my relationship, you kept yeah. me, yeah. you know, so that's just how, you know how close we all are from like losing it all. Like it just takes the wrong person on the right day for you, for us to lose it all. I had a situation today <laughs> at work and I was asking a man a question on the phone. I couldn't hear what he was saying. And I said, I'm sorry. He said, I told you, I'm trying to get it. And I just got dead quiet. And the Holy Spirit said, don't you say nothing. Shut up. <laughs> like, you got to lose it all. You about to lose your, you about to lose your job. <laughs> I promise to God, it was on the tip of my tongue. And that was the hardest five seconds I had to be quiet. Because I was about to say, you ain't going to talk to me like this. Because I'll try, you know. And before I knew it, the man ended up apologizing. He was like, you know what? I'm so sorry. I apologize. I was just a little frustrated and this and that and the other. But I was like, man, if you if you only knew what I have for you. <laughs> the other right. Like, just because I'm going to have a relationship with Christ doesn't mean that I don't know what to say. I know exactly what to say and how to say it. It's just the spirit um, convicts me. And so I choose not to say it. And even if I do say it, he convicts me. <laughs> Yeah, go back and apologize. I, but I just be want people to understand that this is a choice. Every every instance is a choice. If I chose to respond to you in kindness, even though you were mean to me, that was the spirit working inside of me. Because that was a going. That's like me going against my own nature. Mm -hmm. It's in my nature not to let somebody disrespect me. And so, but the fact that yes, we one decision from losing it all, like. We need God. Yeah. And it's not, like I said, it's not God really forcing his way on you. It's like him telling you like, hey, you better off dealing with me than dealing with what's down the road. Yeah. Um, like that scripture said, I set before you life, death, blessings, and curses. He gave them a choice, but then he told them, choose life. Yeah. So. bell. Excuse me. Our accidents are going to come. People going to run red lights. People going to side swipe you. Put this seatbelt on. Mm -hmm. And then you have this so much grace, you have this mercy, even though it ain't always guaranteed. But Lord, that's one of when I needed it. Yep. <laughs> it's been there when I needed it. That's some benefit too. Every morning, new mercy. Every morning, this I man used the mercy from yesterday. Yeah, this man was um praying one time at church, and he was saying, "Not used mercy, not leftover, it's not washed, refresh." Furbish grace, new grace. Mm -hmm. I didn't even do what I did. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, like I said, I don't think that's praying against their free will. Like, why wouldn't you want to be, like, I, I told somebody another, why wouldn't you want to be saved? Like, I feel like that's one thing that everybody should always want. But we were doing, at, at my church, we do, um, like, we give food away once a month. 
And so we've started like with intercessors, like going out there praying for people. And that was like the first time serving in ministry. I have had people told me that they don't want prayer. Cause I feel like everybody always want like it's something you can you may want me to ask God for on your behalf. You'll be surprised. We used to do the homeless ministry with Shakers, we vote certain homeless people. They were like, is this something we can pray about with you? No, they'll just take off the sandwich and walk off. I cannot believe <laughs> I got a list. Yeah, some people be there are some people that really don't want people because they're so consumed with, with life. They think that where they're at is is gravy. It's gravy. Now I, I'm not gonna lie, there are some people that like where they're at. You know, mm -hmm. they're and unfortunately, you know, that's they have to make that decision. Some people like to be struggling, some people like to be homeless, some people like to you know, deal with these certain things. That's just, that's a sweet spot for them. They feel like they good. They don't desire for more, but we still should pray for them that one yeah. day that the Lord would touch their heart and change their appetites and, and this and that and the other and, and make them draw closer to them. And I've seen it happen, but you got to respect people's wishes. You you may not have to pray for them in person, but you can still intercede for them outside of that, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we did it one time. Like I said, we did it one time with Shakers, and we fed some homeless people, and then we did it again. And the same lady that told me she didn't want prayer, when I asked her that second time, I said, "Is anything we pray about?" Yeah, because I'm trying to get off these streets, and I was like, "Ah, uh -huh. uh -huh. see that devil don't woe you out, <laughs> woe you out." Now you got. We really shouldn't get let it get to that point where the enemy has a website. That we're finally at the point where we say, "Okay, God." Now you all your teeth done fell out, and, and you looking all bad and raggedy. Now, now you want to get saved? Like you, you ain't gotta wait to that point, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta don't let the devil weigh you out, cause I I have seen it happen. But hey, however you got to get in, get in. But I think at the end of the day, we should never stop praying for people to be saved. You know, growing up, you know, we saw the old saints. They pray for their children, their grandchildren to be saved. Like, you don't hear too many parents these days praying for they for God to save their kids and keep their kids safe. Okay, I think it's a choice. I mean, it is a choice, but I think people are... Uh, but I think because of the culture, people are feeling like even religion is something, or faith is something that people should be able to choose if that's what they want to, to you do. You should. You should. But... At, but yes, I think introducing it to their to their kids. But you should know. I think you. I think as a if you're a saved parent, yeah, I think you should I mean? Because think about it. Muslims they don't give their children a choice. Jews, Jews, Buddhists, uh, Hindus, uh, all of them. Satan, Satan worshippers they don't give their children a choice. Their children fall right in line. They may not do exactly what they're doing, but that belief system is embedded into them. Yeah. So, as Christians, we we would I'm not gonna do it like my mom and daddy did me, drug me to church every day. I'm not saying you gotta drag them to church every day, but what are you doing at home? Like, yeah. I, I do they even know who God is? Do they even know how to pray? As crazy as me and my brother is right now, both of us in our thirties, when we get in some trouble, one thing I would say about <laughs> both of us, my brother, is, oh, we know how to pray. <laughs> I mean, we don't get in some. Crazy situations, and we all found in the name of Jesus. Like we just we know what to do, and <laughs> we got to really, you know, we know how to really pray it in the seed. So my thing of it is, what are you putting in your child? Like, what are you know? 
what do you what do you put it in them? And, and that's something you really got to be mindful of. Like it's uh, Paul said it to Timothy. He said, "I saw this faith that was in you from your grandmother and your mother. That's been put into you." So was what it Lois and Eunice? Lois and Eunice. Yep. Yeah. Anytime I think of that name Eunice, I laugh off that TV because of that show. Mm-hmm. And her mama, Carol Burnett. But yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like I'm but, raising my children that way. Every morning we pray, and I've noticed. Well, I had started a while ago asking Major because I always ask Makai to pray, and then I asked Major to pray, and he say his will. Sin, and I don't understand it, but then <laughs> in Jesus' name, Amen. So I was like, <laughs> the Spirit making intercession. The making it. <laughs> just be speaking in tongues. That's all it is. And he do. And if I'm not listening, he said, "Mommy, pray." I said, "Okay, I'm sorry." And he said, and sometimes Major go along. I'd be like, Amen. <laughs> Major say I gotta intercede. It's a <laughs> but I'm just saying, like we we my mom and dad, they didn't give us like when we were kids, that was one thing. Especially when my mom, she was she was battling an illness at the time when we were young. And she would call my brother and me and then she'd be like, Hey, y'all need to pray for me. I don't feel good. And we was like, I could have been like 10. My mom was Josh was like seven. And we were like, Father, in the name of Jesus, touch mama, heal it. Da 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 da. And you know, and you would see my mom kind of just bounce back, stuff like that. So that's what I'm saying. I feel like if you save and you got kids and your kids don't know Jesus, you are failing as a parent. Yeah. I really feel like that. I know he ain't got no kids. He can't tell me how to raise my child. Yes, I can. If you're saved and you you claim you have the Holy Ghost and your children don't even know God, then you are failing as a parent. You yeah. cannot depend on the youth department and 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 vacation Bible school. To put this stuff in your kids. These are your children. Yeah. And there's gonna come a time where you're gonna need your children to know how to pray and intercede for you. So I'm just saying, like, if you you are failing as a parent, your child does not even I'm not saying they got you gotta force them into a relationship, but they gotta have some level of God conscious. Yeah. It's funny too. I mean, I think you I think you just start where they are. I have a set mind to seven. So we pray and, you know, he thanks God for the house and he prays that God helps us to get to school and work safely. Mm-hmm. But I've, I'm teaching him that the Lord cares about your schoolwork. So if you need help on your tests, you can ask God to help you. Mm-hmm. Because I want him to know that God cares about you so that he doesn't grow up and being afraid of God. Mm-hmm. That yeah. big scary man in the sky who's going to send him to hell. But I want him to know that God cares about yeah. him. It does. Yeah. It does. And, and I think that's how you, if you do it that way, then when they get older, you don't have to force it. Yeah. You know, because it's it's in them. They already know. Like my cousins, me and my cousins was uh, talking not too long ago, like my mom and her sisters, you know, all of them on that side of the family, those, everybody be like, oh my God, your mom get pray. But my aunts, all of them, like they just, it ain't nothing for them to turn plates down and bind and loose and walk floors and anoint rooms and you be like okay all right now god bless you well that's good because it, it, it teaches you like like in Makai's case i'm thinking it'll teach him like if the lord cared about something as mm-hmm. small as like my spelling test mm-hmm. then i know he care about he care about the big stuff this, yeah mm-hmm. so, yeah he does, he does. I'm gonna let you, um pick what we do Next time, I feel like I'm, I'm coming. I actually up. got a good. No, I got a good one. I was gonna text you about it, 
But um, I guess we can go and put it out there now. Somebody wanted us to talk about um, STDs and the dangers of um, STDs, not just sexual transmitted diseases, but spiritual transmitted diseases. Mm. But I do want to do the health side of it too. So we might have to bring, we might have to bring Tisha on for that one. Okay. Yeah, she up to it. She up to it. Yeah, I know. I be on TikTok a lot, so this go uh, kind of along the lines of um, on TikTok. This man was saying, um, so we'll just ignore the fact that God sexually assaulted a teenager. What is he talking about? Mary. God did not sex. He didn't have sex with Mary. Saying he violated her. By impregnating her against her will. He didn't violate her. She knew she he didn't impregnate her to after she got the message. See, that's what I'm saying. These are these are points that mm-hmm. this new generation, these are the things that they have questions about. So we can talk about that. Because they, they, they don't read. <laughs> we can talk about don't that. Read the word. <laughs> read it. So we can like we can talk about that and include like STDs. I feel like spiritually transmitted diseases is a whole nother. But we do need to talk about. Yeah, they was like, could we talk about the the health side, the natural side, and then the spiritual side as well? Because it is a lot of things out there. STDs. There's a lot of um, precautions and and things out there to help people that a lot of people don't know about. And if you live in Jacksonville like we do, Jacksonville is a hotbed right now. STDs. So we got a um we like number one when it comes to that stuff right now in the state. So a few weeks ago we got like a um like one of those alerts on our phone that in the West Connect area there was like a what you call it for rabies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rabies. What's going on with Jacksonville? I don't know what's going on. So we can talk about that or we could talk about next week or the next time. Um still talk about, about Mary. Okay, or I'm gonna say this other title, or we could talk about has God like so people who feel like you know y'all say God is supposed to be this loving being and He loves everybody, but there's also the fact that people say God has killed more people than the devil. Mm. Okay, <laughs> I'm up to it. So which one you want to do next time? I'm gonna need more time on God has killed more people than the devil. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like I'm gonna have to get deep. I'm gonna have to put my collar on for that. <laughs> when I saw that, I thought, okay, they taking their gloves off. Yeah, because some people, you know, I think we live in a generation now. People are trying to find every reason not to have a relationship with God. But so we're supposed this, to be able to have a, be able to respond. Right. The Bible said we got to give. Uh, we got to be able to. What's the word? A, a reason. Yeah. Well, or 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 Jew, we gotta contend for the faith. Yeah. Like you gotta be apologetics in it. This is a very apologetic era right now. Yes, so you gotta be on our game with it. So it can't just be Lisa Phil. She can't be the only one doing it. Yeah. <laughs> we all got to study and read up on it. But we gotta be able to we gotta be ready to give a, a answer it's to answer. That. Yeah, I was looking yeah, at that's what it's like. Yeah, we gotta yeah. be ready. Every man who asks you the reason of the hope that is in you, you got to be able to give an answer. Yeah. So, so. That, that's what, yeah. Like, yeah, give me time. I would say give me, I, I, I at least need a couple weeks. Plus, this is my birthday month. You know, I got I to gotta detox. <laughs> <laughs> this 
this I'll be I'll be 29 this month. So I gotta detox. Again, you be 29 again. No, no, no. I was 28 last year. I'll be 29 this year. So okay. So next time we'll talk about I'm just gonna say, did God uh violate Mary? I don't know. I have, and then we could just add STDs or something during the discussion. Um, but I'll I'll reach out to somebody to see if they could join join our yeah, we talk about it. It sounds like your kid is ready for you to go. Oh no, that's that's my husband um in the snacks. Disrespectful, disrespectful. <laughs> that's the problem right now. Disrespectful. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll deal with that in a minute. But go <laughs> all right. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. Don't us. Don't forget to turn it, tune in next time and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, where we always post our videos after the fact. Until next time, this is the room. Peace.